Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. Mondo listeners, it's Max at Mondo Neon, and I'm with John Trotman from Empathy Wines. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so John, uh, the the brand, like, what's the ethos behind Empathy Wines? If people are, are not aware of what it is or what, what's going on around it, yeah. So Empathy Wines, Empathy is a pretty big word, uh, but we picked it really intentionally. Uh, so we started a radically new way to make and sell wine uh, by selling it direct to consumer, and so. We chose the word empathy because it's empathy for the farmer. Um, So we think for really the first time ever, shining a spotlight on the people who are growing the grapes um, and kind of exposing their story a little bit and demystifying wine because it can be so complex for consumers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then empathy for the consumer. And so what we mean by that is um, because of what I'm sure we'll talk more about, the way wine is sold, Historically, consumers have had to pay too much. For and traditionally, it's wine. in this, like it's a store. Yeah. So, interesting enough, like I think of Neon, like the parallels, largely Mondo was built as an online business. You know, it was kind of taking the complicated nature of what Neon is on all the chemical processes and trying to explain to people, which is pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. As you know, there's a lot of steps involved. Same thing with wine. I actually find a lot of parallels with the production of wine. And actually, the you know the end result, which is this thing in a bottle, which you put as much wrapping paper around it as you can, and you know you try and talk about it, but you know inevitably someone out there is going to obviously say, well, mine's better than yours, and you say why? So yeah, I think a lot of the issues that people have with wine, even similarly to with neon, is that well then they don't do anything. They say, well, I don't know enough about wine. I can't possibly go to the store to buy it. I wouldn't know the first thing about it, so I'm just not going to get involved at all. Whereas they might really be super fans of neon or wine. They just haven't given it any thought or, or don't know where to start. Yeah, exactly right. It's uh, If you can provide that clarity to the consumer and also win their trust with a great product, that's whether it's neon or whether it's wine or whether you're selling mattresses online, whatever it is, I think that's... Uh, and it's all online, like largely empathy. I particularly think of like neon as it's it's really fucking hard to sell. Like meaning you got to... We ship neon. The problem with that is glass. Same thing where I think of, you know, I haven't thought about that, but you're shipping wine. What has been, I mean, obviously very challenging, right? Um, how do you, how has it been creating that process where, you know, people go in largely have been used to going to, let's say, the store and picking out a bottle and asking the guy. Now you're taking the whole conversation online. How, how have you guys managed that? Yeah, it's, um, it's a pretty different behavior than what consumers are used to, where, to your point, they're used to walking into the wine shop every Thursday or Friday afternoon and grabbing that bottle of wine for the weekend. And instead, we're telling them, wait, plan that purchase, buy online, and we'll have it to your doorstep within a couple of days. Um, now, to actually pull that off and do it in a really safe and secure way so that the end product is really sound is a whole different animal. It's and I want to talk about your packaging. Yeah. Like, it's not just the bottle. Tell us about how, because I've actually seen, you know, kind of things online, so I know exactly how you guys put together. But for people that are listening, don't really know right now, um, there's a whole process that goes into the packaging and, and the way, you know, the way it reflects on the brand. Yeah. The um, I mean, the bottle, label, and cork are one piece of it. Um, but another huge part is the the packaging itself that it arrives in. And so Juan was making sure that, 
the wine is really safe and secure to limit any issues of breakage because mm-hmm. nobody wants red wine pouring all over them once they get that box. <laughs> um, but then two is the actual unboxing experience. And so for us to make a really high-end premium wine, uh, we wanted to make sure that the packaging reflected that same experience all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, not to uh, knock other wineries, but a lot of the time there are wineries who are selling their wines for 5, 10, 15 times what we do, and the box itself that it arrives in is nothing more than styrofoam, which isn't eco-friendly, mm-hmm. um, and a totally unbranded box. So mm-hmm. it's just not consistent with, with what's actually in the bottle. Yeah, the actual product. And also, too, is like, do you ever imagine... Where you're at, well, you you have a you're obviously working with a group of people, in the wineries and the vineyards. So you know, even knowing what the end result is, knowing what your collaborators are doing, and also what's going on into the product itself. Um, you know, walk us through what that what that's like because you know you're obviously tied to you know Gary V, who's uh, widely known on the internet and has been very you know obviously um, his background being in uh, you know with the wine cellar and you know the Gary V and the wine TV situation online. How has that explosion fueled the brand and also how you know how have you guys been able to balance that between what's going on even what's happening now because you're clearly heavily involved with running the operations. At, at, the higher level too yeah it's uh i mean gary is an asset of ours is uh invaluable he uh i think he's one established such credibility with his audience but also within wine i mean for the people that really know his backstory this is the industry that he started in and spent the first 25 years of his career uh and so for us just created such a incredible platform and springboard for us to be able to launch empathy wines um, I think if, you know, removing him from the equation, uh, it just becomes a totally different beast to try to start a business like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're starting with a stacked deck, no doubt. Um, that said, uh, every piece of the product beyond Gary needs to, needs to stand up, right? Because it's really easy to get somebody to try your product once. Uh, but if it's not great and they don't have an awesome experience, chances are they're not going to come back for more wine. Yeah, and in wine, it's very much regularly like a repeat business. Whereas, you know, if it's like a sign you're really going to go for the one, you know, hopefully you would be, you know, you know want to get another one down the road. But largely it's a very heavily invested process. But, you know, interesting enough, yeah, it is those second, third, and fourth sales that you're really hopefully going to, you know, obviously going to get in the back end. Um, but everything starts with that first point of entry right which is either you get it right the first time or you know you don't have there any been like aspects of producing the wine that have surprised you with you know the traditional world and and what you guys are trying to do online like has it been kind of an easy process or have you learned certain things along the way that have helped you know has there any any major breakthroughs that you can maybe hit on that you might yeah i think um you know, as much as we knew a lot about the wine industry, making wine versus selling it is a whole new animal. Um, and the way I frame it up is it's really grape to glass. So from the moment that that grapevine goes in the ground until the moment that consumer tastes it, there's a whole lot of pieces in between there yeah. that need to be thought about. Um, and with the addition too, you know, we talked a little bit about neon, but you guys have included a neon sign in the office which is really neat one of the things that everyone has everyone's response been to neon and having that you know because there is a very unique part about branding and i think neon has a very uh, prolific space in that in the way that pe- people market themselves you know even the written word um the logo even from up in, until the point where it has like a heart on the end of it you know like having an iconic brand 
is extremely vital in today's culture because we have so much competition online where you have, like you told, it's almost like an overconsumption of choices. And the consumer is really sort of dealt with this issue of, well, how do I evaluate all of them? So you have things like reviews and you have things like that. I think that's why Amazon's been so successful is because they've been able to basically allow everyone to play in that space. So of course you have to you know pay the piper, but when you do it yourself, you know, I think it's it's really the thing that holds things together, especially with you guys. Like, I, I take a lot of nods to that. Like, even the logo, because I specifically remember kind of what you, you – when I first saw it and was introduced to it, I thought that was such a smart move because it not only is an icon inside of the logo yeah. at the end, right? Yeah. Is that always intentional or is that – Absolutely intentional. I think even, like, taking a big step back, if you look at so many other – direct-to-consumer and e-commerce brands, whether they're selling through Amazon or they're selling through their own, you know, .com. Um, I think there's become a little bit of a playbook that everybody seems to follow regardless of what category they're in these days. And that means dumping a lot of money into predominantly digital channels like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube in order to acquire customers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's probably become much more of a science game than what I'll call like the other side of it, which is the art game. Um, And I think art is just so, so important um, that so many of these companies are forgetting about. And that that brings me back to things like neon signs. And so it's not just great art and great creative for digital platforms. That extends into real life. And whether that's hosting an event or hosting a meeting in a conference room at our offices. Attention. If there's attention. (laughs) At its highest level, it's attention. And it's like, what's that thing up there, right? It still kind of holds that. That torch. Exactly right. Yeah. And if you can capture that attention and do it in a really compelling way, and we think our logo is great, but the medium itself, the neon sign, is also going to stand out and grab people. And I think that's really probably people say, oh, neon's on its way out. It's done this. It's done that. It's it's seen a lot through the years, um, specifically for reasons where – so the marketing, the branding that Empathy does, you know, specifically, I think that a lot of listeners listening right now should really pay attention is that it's happening not only online – but you mentioned events. You know, you're mentioning it goes on the bottle, even on the cork. You know, it's going through all of the different places that are not necessarily traditional ways of thinking. Like I'm gonna, you know, put up one thing and that's it. You guys are everywhere, right? Can you talk about how you've been able to, to take the brand to different places? Whether it's like, you know, you talk about different social media apps. Has there been one that's kind of helped along the way, or is it kind of a culmination of all those things? It's really a culmination, um, and it's such a buzzword, but I think it's an important one that you hear a lot when it comes to e-commerce, and it's like an omni-channel approach. Um, and so while we're predominantly focused on digital as our means to communicate and to reach consumers and acquire consumers with like a lot of those apps that we've talked about, like Facebook or Instagram, mm-hmm. um, I think for us it's making sure that the brand is cohesive and that we're storytelling in every single medium. Um, where it makes sense. And so when that's in person and that's at an event, um, it's making sure that that's consistent with the experience that the consumer who's attending saw our brand online. And so we try to wrap all those things together. Yeah. I think that also, too, for the folks that are not wine drinkers that are listening right now, you know, what advice can you give them to dip their toes into that area? Because I think empathy holds a really great space for them. When you look at the sensory overload, specifically what you guys talk about, spelling things, everything out, is really important. So I think the key takeaways, you know, maybe you can obviously explain better than I can, but from using this approach, I really do think it's the right thing to do because that really gives people the authority to say, hey, I like red. 
I'm going to pick red as opposed to here's a hundred reds. Has that been in the background? Like of what you guys always thought about doing? Cause it, that seems to be, I think the strength, yeah. like simplicity. I yeah. I think, um, you know, this might sound counterintuitive, but probably my advice for a very, very early stage wine drinker who's eager and wants to learn a lot would be to go out and taste a lot of different wines. So it's not just empathy wines, which we'd love for you to buy too. Um, but it's the best way to, expand your palate to learn what you like to learn what you don't like mm -hmm. um, and ultimately help hone in on the different countries or grape varieties that you're like wow i really like that and would you say like pick one particular specialty wine like say it's a particular type and then just try those versions of it, or just get exposed to a lot of it i think get exposed to a lot of different things and probably the best way to do that with at least a guiding hand is mm -hmm. um find a friend that knows a fair amount about wine or find a wine shop that you trust or somebody online that you've read and really trust. Yeah. Um, really, we built Empathy Wines for what I'll call like 90% of consumers who aren't that really passionate person that wants to spend years on end learning about wine, tasting through all sorts of different wines you know, every single day of the week in order to ultimately land on, wait, I like these styles. Mm -hmm. We're building this for the 90% of people who have a passive interest in wine, want a really authentic product that's really reliable year over year, mm -hmm. um, that has uh, really high appeal to it. And we think that's kind of what we've landed on with the three styles we make. And Gary talks about too, he's mentioned too, there's sort of like um, the conversation going online as well, like through text, you know, like having uh, sort of the tastemakers or at least somebody who's able to walk them through the process of what it's going to be like when it arrives. I think people do love commentary on what, it, what their experience is going to be like too, like just having an idea of maybe before it arrives feeling. Mm -hmm. So if they have questions, there's a whole uh, authority online, you know, a whole service that you guys have built around it as well, right? Like you talk about the, the phone service, right? I think there's like a, a texting uh, yeah. platform as well. Um, has that helped create, the, like the education I think in two and one, it's kind of been helpful I think probably to mitigate some of those first time wine buyers who then go, you know, this is not for me, I'm out, you know, whereas they just needed one more question to sort of say, okay, this is, this is why it has this uh, note. This is why, you know, the flavor has this lingering effect when you paired it with X, mm -hmm. you know, so those little things I think are, are critical to the success, I think, of any business, whether, you know, it's just uh, wine, but just anything that involves, yeah, I think just complicated uh, approaches that you've seen in the past. Has that been easy to kind of bring people into the fold and just say, hey, you know, we've got this, you know, you, you just need to push this and that and we'll take care of the rest type thing. It must be easy to stay uh, from a design perspective. Um, those things are challenging. Is there anything personally that you think that you would give listeners to to say that, you know, when they're designing some of their work or, you know, maybe some of the approaches that they use with their customers, like what has been helpful? You know, do you guys, I guess because you see all the questions too come through. Is it the same kind of similar questions that people have about wine that you, you know, have been able to pull back on? Yeah, I think for us it's a, uh it's always putting ourselves in the customer's shoes and listening to them. Like you bring up a great point where, um, you know, we had a lot of hypotheses in the early days of what people wanted to see from us and what they wanted to learn and hear from and the type of content that we wanted to put out there with marketing. Um, but so much of it is just responding and learning from what does this audience actually want to hear? What is it that they're engaging with the most? What is it that they're proactively volunteering feedback on that they want more of? Mm -hmm. um, and so for us, that's 
mission critical to then inform everything we do. Um, Essentially listening, right? Exactly right. Like yesterday, for instance, our very first piece of content that we put out on Instagram for the first of the year is, what do you want to hear more from us about? And that was done very deliberately because it's a fresh new year. We thought we'd get uh, genuine feedback from our audience. And now... 48 hours later, we're producing tons of content around the, the things that people responded with. And I think it's, it's the right move because, you know, you're pushing, instead of pushing sales, like, oh, it's a new year, you know, drink more wine. No, what what should we be doing for you, the audience, right? Because ultimately that's what matters the most. And, you know, one of the things I love most about this conversation is, you know, your guys' ability to, 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 to turn, meaning like you just came up with a red. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? That's brand new. Yeah, the red's uh, probably our most anticipated wine that we released. Um, it's uh, good things take time, especially red wine, because it requires a little time to age. No pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, the red wine is, you know, it's like picking a favorite child. I, I genuinely love all of our wines. It's the wine that I think most people will taste and really understand why it's such a great value. Yeah. It tastes, if you've you know experienced drinking a lot of higher-end, full-bodied red wines from California that you might be paying $50, $60, $100 for, I think this wine can go toe-to-toe with a lot of them at $20 a bottle. And that's something, too, I think, too, is that there's, like, a, a subscription model. You know, it comes. It's not like, you know, you get one particular flavor. You know, you are able to do many things. Uh, what's, you know, anything coming up that you guys are excited about or that, you know, if anyone wants to go check out, like, how can they go and partake? I mean, obviously, you have the website. That's number one, yep. which is empathywines.com, right? Yep. And you've got uh, kind of other things going on as well. Anything upcoming you want to you know, shout out? I think, you know, nothing... Uh no official things that we haven't have announced yet that are in the pipeline. I think the thing that's maybe got me most excited about in wine in general is things outside of uh, just bottle. So mm-hmm. I think all of a sudden we're seeing consumers that are really receptive to boxed wine, to canned wine, to alternative formats, which for me at the highest level, what that means is they're not just drinking them at formal dinner parties. So it's something that they might bring with them on a picnic or something that they might put in the car because it's easily transportable. And so... Or it's just, a, you know, a number one ingredient, which I always talk about is is convenience. Like, it just it just matters. Yep. So if, if somebody makes it, like you said, it's like it, it won't break, I would go back and for the people that are listening about Neon is sort of the counterpoint to Neon, which is LED. So it's the same relationship, you know, it doesn't break, it doesn't... So again, it's sort of like whatever works for your business, it, whatever it is that's going to make your audience happy i think that's really what matters the most yeah you know and you could make an argument say oh it's not like it It isn't neon it never will be and a can wine will not be a a bottle or you know a bottle wine it just won't be yeah but that's okay you know there are people that enjoy that so for those people listening it's like it's interesting to see that exchange again it's like there's just a lot of interesting notes when it comes to you know just the path just the way things are put together yeah you know and it's not right or wrong just like you said, so it's interesting to see those those things get kind of like as we transition to a new era of, of wine drinking, right, or buying or, or packaging. Yeah, exactly so. right. It's uh it's exciting for the industry, um, which is something we're we're paying close attention to. Cool. Uh, well, John, I appreciate all your time. Empathy Wines. If you have to go, you know, go check it online. Please, you know, uh, it's great tasting wine, and you'll definitely uh, get a lot out of it. So, thank you for jumping on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up, and as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>